What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Monday, July 18th. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Josie Duffy Rice. And this is What a Day. Shouting out the completionists who are getting the Novavax vaccine after already receiving doses of the big three. I feel like there are so many vaccines to choose from now. It's like, why not just build a walk in closet in your immune system with room <laughs> enough to accommodate all of them? On today's show, there are new reports of doctors around the country refusing to provide medical care out of fear of violating abortion bans. Plus, a congressional climate bill goes up in flames because of Joe Manchin. Shocking. But first, almost 400 police officers and other law enforcement officials were on location at the Uvalde mass shooting in May, according to a new report that Texas officials released yesterday. But for over an hour, as the gunman killed 21 people, including 19 children, none of those 400 officers did anything to stop him. Oh, my God. I know. It's unbelievable. How does this story keep getting worse? Yeah, Every it's new thing. It's terrible. Josie, tell me more about this report. Yeah, it's actually just so depraved on every level. So this is an 80-page report. It's technically a preliminary report, and it was released by the Texas House Investigative Committee yesterday. It contains a number of devastating, if not particularly surprising findings, such as that, quote, no one assumed command despite scores of officers being on the scene. And that the head of a Border Patrol tactical team waited for a bulletproof shield and classroom master key, which likely wasn't even necessary. Also, the report makes clear that it wasn't just the local Uvalde police who failed that day. So, in fact, most of the 400 cops on site weren't actually local police at all. 149 were from the U.S. Border Patrol, 14 from the Department of Homeland Security, and 91 from the Texas Department of Public Safety. The report found that, quote, the entirety of law enforcement and its training, preparation, and response shares systemic responsibility for many missed opportunities. There's useless, and then there's, like, worse than useless. Yep. And law enforcement was worse than useless here. A lot of those departments you mentioned criticize the local police. Isn't that correct? Yeah, that's kind of like the irony here and just like part of it which makes it so crazy, right? I mean, a lot of the criticism in the days after the shooting came from people like the head of the Texas Department of Public Safety, who previously criticized the school district police for not going inside. But his department, which is basically like the state police, had more equipment, were better trained than the school district police. There were 91 of them there and they didn't go inside either. Oh, my God. To that point, I know there was a lot of finger pointing in the days after the shooting. Did the report find that there was anyone in particular to blame here? 
No, and in fact, the report went out of its way to say there wasn't just one person to blame. It said, quote, the committee did not find any villains in the course of its investigation. There is no one to whom we can attribute malice or ill motives. Instead, we found systemic failures and egregiously poor decision making. Hmm, counterpoint. They're all villains. All yeah, of them. Exactly, exactly. All of them are villains. Uh, right. Have there been any consequences for any of the officers or officials? Before this, one officer was on leave, Pete Arredondo. He was the Uvalde School District Police Chief. He had been roundly criticized for his handling of the situation, including the time he spent trying to find a key to the classroom, which probably didn't even need a key. <sighs> um, and after the report was released yesterday, there was yet another person placed on leave, Mariano Pargas, who was the acting chief of the Uvalde Police Department. But other than that, nothing. It's worth noting the report does not make any direct recommendations that people face consequences or lose their jobs, saying that they leave that up to each law enforcement department. But given the fact that no one has lost their job yet and only two people have even been placed on leave, it just doesn't seem like a very effective way of ensuring those officers are not put in charge of keeping people safe ever again. Okay, so thought experiment, okay? Yes. Yeah. Let's say that there was a banquet hall, right? Mm -hmm. There's a banquet hall and it's having a big banquet, right? Mm -hmm. 400 <laughs> yeah. people work at the banquet hall right. and their job is to get out there and get people food. That's right. the only thing that they're supposed to be doing. And none of the 400 people bring any food out to the people in the banquet hall. Right. I feel like people would be fired right. for being 100%. very bad at working in food service, which is their right. job. Right. Now, when you're in, like, public service and public safety and you are one of 400 people called on to provide or promote public service, public safety. Right. And you do nothing. Yeah, and you do nothing. We're talking about children. We're talking about third graders. And you just stand there. You know, one of the words they use in the report is lackadaisical, which is the last thing anybody should be in the face of a mass shooter in a child's classroom. Lackadaisical. I mean, my God. Yeah, it's such a catastrophic failure at all mm -hmm. levels. And another thing that I just wanted to flag really quickly, I don't think anybody's going to, but I think somebody should face consequences for all of the lying that was aimed at the public. Right. You know, it's not just that these police officers were not doing their jobs. Right. It's that there are people who were trying to make it seem as though the fault was somehow with the people in the school right, or right. that the officers were trying. And right. that also seems egregious and on a secondary level. I mean, they basically were just trying to do like personal PR in the face of like a devastating massacre. We're just so used to it at this point, right? Like we're just so used to police not doing what their job when they need to mm -hmm. or overreacting in other situations and then lying to us. Like, it just feels like part of the job and it really should not be. No. I feel like that's the opposite of the job. Right. That is the right. thing that the job should not be. If there's anything, it's like, this is what policing is and this is what it should not be. Right. The should not be has become the whole job. Right. So has there been any reaction from the families to the report? Well, at least one family member was disgusted by the report's finding. Uh, Vincent Salazar, grandfather of 11-year-old Layla Salazar, who died in the massacre, said right after he got his own hands on the report, quote, it's a joke, they're a joke, they've got no business wearing a badge, none of them do. Sums it up. Yeah, that pretty much says it all. We'll post a link to some good local stories on that report in our show notes. Turning to another story, the post-Roe world is here. 
And it sucks. It really sucks. It sucks. According to recent reporting by various outlets, as well as groups like the Texas Medical Association, patients around the country are already having medical care delayed or denied over concerns from doctors and hospitals that treating some pregnancy-related medical emergencies would run afoul of draconian abortion bans that have gone into effect after Roe v. Wade was overturned. This is exactly what reproductive justice advocates warned would happen and anti-choice voices swore wouldn't happen. Yeah, it's kind of shocking that the reproductive justice advocates were right, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah, the people who have been right at every Mm -hmm. phase of this devolution Mm -hmm. continue to be right. Yeah, isn't that weird? But also, you know, abortion bans don't save babies. They put everybody who can get pregnant in harm's way. That's right. When the Supreme Court overturned Roe back on June 24th under the guise of leaving the question of reproductive freedom up to the states, which, let's pause for a second, that is crazy. Right. Let's put reproductive care in the hands of the states. Right. A terrible idea. Absolutely horrible. So putting it in the hands of the states ensnared people across the country in a confusing spiderweb of bans and restrictions and court battles. A handful of states had bans and restrictions immediately take effect. Other states had laws in the books written to go into effect in a matter of days or weeks after the then theoretical overturning of Roe. And still other laws predating the ruling are caught up in legal battles at the moment. But... We're already seeing the effects on patients, and they're not good. Yeah, they're dystopian. They're horrible. They are unimaginable. So there were several reports over the weekend about people being denied care, sometimes in life-threatening situations. We're going to link to some of those stories in our show notes. But Erin, which one stood out to you? In Wisconsin, one woman who was suffering an incomplete miscarriage bled for 10 days because doctors wouldn't remove the non-viable tissue from her uterus because Wisconsin's abortion ban wasn't written carefully enough to provide exceptions for this kind of care. My God. And that's part of the reason for that is because these abortion bans were written basically to get political points, right? These are people who didn't really think about what this would actually mean in practice. They weren't careful with what they were writing, and now people are going to die. Yes, people are going to die. People are suffering. Like in Michigan, one woman checked herself into the emergency room after suffering from an ectopic pregnancy. Her regular doctor was worried that treating the life-threatening condition would land them in legal trouble because... Although it's physically impossible for an ectopic pregnancy to be viable, the embryo had detectable cardiac activity. And in Texas, the state's medical association said just a few days ago that hospitals are delaying care for things like miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies due to the state's abortion ban. In other places, doctors already have to jump through hoops, prescribing medications that can be used in the abortion process to patients who need them for totally different reasons. So it's bad out there already, immediately, less than a month after Roe was overturned. It's horribly predictable and was avoidable. Seems that a lot of these laws were not written with a lot of nuance or understanding of what abortion is and how it can be medically necessary. Would you say that's correct? It's absolutely correct. Abortion is medical intervention that ends a pregnancy. It's still abortion regardless of the intent or circumstances of the person receiving it. So whether or not you go skipping into the abortion clinic or you're wheeled into the ER on a gurney, it is an abortion. Right. It is an abortion if it ends a pregnancy. Right. So the way a lot of the states wrote their bans doesn't take into account the fact that abortion is the treatment for things like ectopic pregnancies and incomplete miscarriages. And it leaves healthcare providers vulnerable to legal trouble. 
They've snapped into what's known informally as CYA mode. Okay, so what's CYA? CYA means cover your ass. Uh People are absolutely terrified of getting sued. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's really terrifying if you're a doctor. But what's really kind of keeping doctors from, like, openly defying these bans and just doing what's best for their patients? Right. So punishments to doctors could be severe. There's a lot of question marks here. We don't know what it's going to look like when people go after doctors who provide this care, whether they're going to be fined six figures, whether they're going to lose their licenses, whether they're going to be thrown in prison. Uh, However, there are some whispers in medical ethics and legal circles that providers could fight back by claiming that they conscientiously object to abortion bans. But in order to do that, they need the stomach to withstand a drawn-out legal battle that could take years and also probably be willing to go to jail. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge risk. And then they have to weigh that against, like, can they be helpful to more people by not providing care to this one person? I mean, you suddenly start doing this level of calculus that ends in people's deaths, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a nightmare. And in the meantime, pregnant people are needlessly suffering. So. Thanks for that information, Erin. And as a reminder, we're going to put a link in our show notes to Vote Save America's resource, Fuck Bans Action Plan. There you can donate to organizations who are fighting to keep access, take part in the political fight locally, and more. And that is the latest for now. We will be back after some ads. What a Day is brought to you by Viore. Viore Performance Apparel makes the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift. Everything is designed to work out in, but it doesn't look or feel like it. And they're incredibly comfortable and cute and just the perfect thing to wear when I'm working from home or out and about, mostly at home because I'm not out and about. Yeah, yeah. I will say I did not know clothes could be, this is, I'm being dead honest. I did not know clothes could be as comfortable as they are before I had Viore. Yes. Clothes can be so comfortable. Nobody told me. Smooth like butter, soft so good. on the skin. I, I just love living in Viore. Viore is offering What A Day listeners 20% off your first purchase when you go to viore.com slash wad. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash wad. And enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Now let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. Fighting is continuing in Ukraine for control over the eastern Donbass region. Russia has taken control of dozens of Ukrainian towns and villages in this area. And early yesterday, Russian missiles hit industrial and civilian areas in Mykolaiv, a strategic southern city near the coast. Russian forces have targeted it throughout the war in an effort to cut off Ukraine's access to the Black Sea. Russia also amped up its ground attacks over the weekend to push toward Odessa, another port city. Meanwhile, there has been turmoil within Ukraine's government. On Sunday, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky fired two top officials, the head of the Ukrainian Security Service and Ukraine's Prosecutor General, who have been investigating war crimes. Zelensky said he lost faith in their abilities, and on top of that, more than 60 employees from both offices were also fired. He accused the workers of collaborating with Russia and said all of these individuals will be held accountable. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline officially changed its phone number over the weekend to a simple three-digit dial code, 988. 
The initiative was previewed last year by federal officials. The idea is to provide an easy-to-remember alternative to 911 for people experiencing a mental health crisis, a friendly reminder that there are risks to using the National Lifeline as call centers have been known to trace callers' locations, and in some cases report them to local police who aren't always helpful. So just be sure to make an informed choice if you are thinking of calling in. That is great information. The man who inherited the proud political tradition of Lucy holding the football for Charlie Brown, Senator Joe Manchin... We call him Maserati Joe. He drives a Maserati. I know. We don't talk about that enough. It's so aggressive. It's so aggressive and also just like trying too hard. It just bleeds with effort, you know? Right, right. Anyway, Maserati Mansion dashed Democrats' hopes of fighting (laughs) climate change yet again late last week. After weeks of negotiations, the coal-crazed quote-unquote moderate shot down a bill that would have pumped more money into clean energy, among other things. In response, President Biden promised on Friday to use executive action to tackle the climate crisis. He hasn't given more details about how that might look. But in the meantime, some Democrats are using this as an opportunity to roast Manchin. Good. Roast him. Please. Here's Bernie Sanders yesterday on ABC's This Week. When Manchin sabotages climate change, this is for future generations. What's going on right now in the West, all over the world, we're looking at more and more heat waves. You're going to look at more drought, more flooding. This is an existential threat to humanity. Yeah. To say the least. And Maserati Mansion is in our way. Speaking of heat waves, Western Europe is in the middle of a historically bad one. On Friday, the British government declared its first ever national heat emergency where temperatures could climb as high as 107 degrees Fahrenheit in parts of the country tomorrow. That's too hot. It's too hot, especially in uh, the UK. Uh, Meanwhile, wildfires from intense heat in France, Portugal, and Spain have forced thousands of people to evacuate in recent days. A preview of what's coming on TV's hottest courtroom drama, the insurrection hearings. The January 6th House committee said yesterday that it will soon receive text messages exchanged by Secret Service members on January 5th and 6th of 2021 that were reportedly erased. The existence of these texts was made known to the public last week thanks to the Department of Homeland Security's internal watchdog. Notably, the watchdog said that most of the messages were erased after he asked to see them. A spokesman for the Secret Service disputed this claim, positing that the texts were lost before they were requested. By his telling, the agency didn't back up its phone data before resetting all of its phones the month of the attack. Anyway, it seems like since then the Geek Squad was called and the texts were recovered and following a subpoena on Friday, committee members said they expect to get their hands on them by tomorrow. Liz Cheney Nation, take note. Oh my gosh, Liz Cheney Nation. Imagine. Do they have t-shirts? Because I do not want to hang out with them. Anyway, Liz Cheney Nation, take note. The committee's next public televised hearing is set for Thursday. How does the Secret Service not understand InfoSec? This was a literal storyline on Veep, and this whole episode really not giving us a lot of faith in law enforcement, I would say, top to bottom. Watch better TV, Secret Service. It's all very bad. Yeah. Um, From Let's Get Loud to Let's Get Listed on the same health insurance, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck were married this Saturday in Las Vegas, nearly 20 years after they broke off their first engagement in 2003. Judy from the Block is now Jennifer Affleck from the Block, according to legal documents, and what was once J-Lo could soon become J-Aff. Doesn't flow as well, but, you know, love makes you do crazy things. In her newsletter, the pop star described how she and Ben stood in line with four other couples to get married. She added, quote, stick around long enough and maybe you'll find the best moment of your life in the tunnel of love drive through with your kids and the one you'll spend forever with. I um, like that message better than the, like, give a second chance to the person you dated 20 years ago message. Because yeah. that 
would not work out well for me. I don't even like that thought experiment. And speaking of love making you do crazy things, changing your last name yeah. is objectively a huge pain in the ass. It's so hard. No one ever tells you this. It takes so much time and space I didn't. and effort. I didn't because I was just like, mm, I love yeah. my husband, but I don't paperwork love anybody. Right. You know? It's a nightmare. And those are the headlines. That's all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, let's get loud, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just undeleted texts like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. I'm Erin Ryan. And, and thanks, thanks for, for upholding democracy, Geek Squad. I didn't think it would be the Geek Squad that was like the last line between us and anarchy, but we got it. We got it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Good job. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producer is Leo Duran. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com streaming. netsuite.com streaming.